Let us worship God. So our reading, first reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, the 45th chapter. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that our hearts and minds may be open to hear your word this day. Amen. Beginning with verse 1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him, so dismayed were they at his presence. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
continuation from Genesis. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. God has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty. And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. Here ends the reading. Hidden in the Santa Cruz Mountains, beyond the old railway tracks now frozen in time, the redwood groves open. And in the heart of a fairy circle, where the remnants of a grandfather tree have become a cathedral, encircled by gathered saplings, there in the sacred stillness stands white deer. She's been visiting this hallowed ground for years, decades, since before the grandfather tree returned to the earth. This is where she was born. This is where she learned to listen to the sounds of the forest, where she met her first friend. She was born into a great family. Each of her siblings danced through the woods, they knew the most magical swimming holes, the most refreshing streams. Their dappled coats allowed them to disappear into the peace of the shadows. She never saw her siblings be afraid. But white deer had no dappled spots, no browns or fawns or grays, and there were no shadows where she could disappear. Her coat sparkled like rainbow crystals in snow. She was vulnerable, and she was afraid. 
One day she heard a voice whispering to her. It was Blue Beetle resting on her back. Blue Beetle was truly a sight to behold. Like a glowing opal come to life, Blue Beetle's wings were captivating, iridescent jewels. Blue Beetle had been listening to White Deer's heartbeat. He understood her fear. So he began speaking, gently, peacefully, until she heard. He guided her through the forest, through the rays of light and the shade, until they came to a cool pool of water, a place as old as Grandfather Tree and as safe and wise. And there, White Deer began to notice the hidden life of the forest around her, the other animals with their own whispering friends, butterflies and caterpillars and daddy long legs. And the more she watched and the more she listened, the gentler her fear became, the gentler she became with fear. There in the sacred groves, there living amidst the wild, there nurtured by the bold whispers of Blue Beetle and the heart of Grandfather Tree, her confidence grew. And slowly, her coat began to change, able to transform from white to dappled and back to white again. She became able to choose when to appear and when to return to the peace of the shadows, able to dance with her siblings and with her tenderness, free. Last week, someone with the listening of Blue Beetle asked me to appear, though I didn't understand what he was doing at first. I could only feel his heavy silence laboring like digging through mud. One night, he caught the glint of an opal, and he said in startled recognition, Oh, you're a poet. Yes, I said, still trying on that moniker. I'm a poet. If the poet Zelda is, as she says, made of the paper rolling in the courtyard and the footsteps of the cat, and the verse quivering among the pages of the book. I am made of the squirrel highway and the crow neighbors, the sun-bathing vultures, and the cotton candy tree. Each night, the listening one tried to understand more fully. Each night, he asked about my ministry and my life's purpose. And each night I listened in my dappled coat, offering stories of my family of ministers, of who I thought they were and of who I could not be. This was, after all, a retreat filled with ministering and filled for me with all the ghosts of my ministry-shaped roots. The blue beetle listened, but he wasn't satisfied. After a final night of exasperation, he half-proclaimed, half-asked, Why were you put on this earth? 
I responded the only way I could, surrounded by my siblings in the forest, none of us yet quiet enough for our coats of many colors to reappear. In this moment, I said, I don't know. He nodded knowingly, and quiet grew. And as the snowy crystals began to sparkle in a distant memory, he said, I hope you all listen to your dreams tonight. If only I were Joseph. But no dreams came. Instead, each morning I returned to my Jewish grandfather, raised by Quaker teachers, at home with rabbinic scholars, a philosopher, therapist, hippie, itinerant wanderer. My mother always said he lived nine lives. When I knew him, he was on his last, living in a one telephone town in Guatemala, contentedly choosing the van life, filling his days writing poetry and his evenings gathered with friends, reading lines. As a child, I never understood that choice. But his distance filled my sense of mystery with his presence. He was the hallowed ground where white deer was born. He was grandfather tree. On our drive up to Tahoe last week, before meeting the listening one by the lake, David and I learned that in his eighth life, before he moved to Guatemala, my grandfather lived just south of here, deep in the Santa Cruz Mountains, where he first dreamed of white deer and blue beetle, where he first wrote their story. Always far and ever near, still. If you follow what brings you life, life will grow. If you follow the flicker you see in the opal, if you follow what captivates you, what makes you come alive, the flicker will grow in you and in your siblings searching for water in the forest. This is what the listening one by the lake understood. This is what was behind his invitations to follow the spirit living and whispering in you that knows the way. For Joseph, and for many of us, that is not the lesson our earliest experiences would have us learn. We are grateful for our dappled coats. The white deer of our beings thank us for the protection we've grown. But for Joseph, it took longer to learn to disappear into the shadows. From the beginning, he was a dreamer. He knew the understory of the forest, and he brought his coat of many colors with him. And though they would later receive its blessings, for many years his siblings did not recognize his coat or his dreaming as a source of life. It awoke ghosts living in their soil and stirred in them hurt and sadness and rage. And through them, that pain grew. And though Joseph's forgiveness seems to come so readily as to stun, for many years after being sold into slavery, 
he did not reveal himself to his brothers. Maybe he believed they would recognize him on their own. Maybe he thought if he repaid them with what they gave, if he hinted with each sack of money returned, each request to tell the truth, their eyes would see. But it didn't happen. He lived many years in the land of affliction before he recognized in his son he had borne fruit. And even then, even when he had become lord of all Egypt, when his brothers appeared, the sounds of his weeping traveled the world. Even still, he had to coax them into seeing him as their brother. In their care, his had been a story of wild beasts and death. It was in Pharaoh's who recognized and welcomed his wisdom that he was given a new story, a new name. It was then that Joseph became known as he who creates life. And he came to believe it. He drew them close, speaking gently, peacefully, until they heard. And quiet grew. And there, in the sacred stillness, finally they knew. In his embrace, he returned them to the land of their souls, always far and ever near, still. And their fear became gentle, and they became gentle with fear, and life grew.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God. Same way. 
you have fed us in silence, in song, in story, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Go forth and follow the Spirit living and whispering in you that knows the way. And may the grace of God who created you in love, the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen.